Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. It is truly an honor to be with you today. Before we move on, I just want to honor your pastors and your leaders of this house. Pastor Aaron and Pastor Katie are incredible people. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. You can clap for them. They're amazing. They're amazing. And I'm not just saying that just because I'm on stage and I have the mic in my hand, but I have the privilege of knowing them and being their friends, and they are faithful friends. They're amazing people, and what they have built and what they have allowed God to create through Radiant Church is just phenomenal. And and the amazing thing about it is that Pastor Aaron and Pastor Katie, they don't just let us watch from afar. They let us get close. They let us have access to all the things. And and so it's amazing. My husband and I launched our church in 2017, and they've been around, and they've been encouraging, and they've reminded us of how good God is, even in the moments that it doesn't seem like it's good. And so thank God for your pastors one more time, Pastor Aaron and Pastor Katie. Amazing. And also the amazing staff of Radiant Church. We couldn't do this without you. Amazing. Come on, I've been hosted so well today. They made me some special tea. It was great. They are amazing hosts. You have great people here at Radiant Church. And so I'm super, super honored. I do want to show you my family. The picture that you saw, my youngest now has teeth in the front. So wanted to update you. That is my husband, Travis. We will be married 13 years in a few weeks. I'm feeling good about that. My daughter, Jalen, who is 12, she just turned 12, and Jada, who is eight, and we did get a pandemic dog. Anybody else get a pandemic dog? Yeah, that was a great idea. It's a great idea. But this is my family. They are incredible. They get, they allowed me to do what I do, and they they encourage me, and right now they're probably praying for me, and so thank God for my beautiful family. Amen. Amen. I want to read a scripture before I allow the band to leave. I want to read a scripture to you. It's found in Mark 5, verse 21 through 29. If you have your Bibles uh, or your phones or your neighbor, whatever, read it with me. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet. And implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be made well and live. And he went with them. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And who had suffered much under many physicians. And had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Father, we need you right now. God, these people didn't come to just hear from me. God, they came to hear a word from you. So, Lord, we ask right now that you would speak in the name of Jesus at every campus, online. God, we pray that you would speak life in the name of Jesus. And everybody in the church said amen. Thank you so much, band. Give it up for your incredible band. Amazing. Today we're going to talk about a topic that is very close to my heart. The interruptions of life. We've all experienced them, right? We've all experienced some type of interruptions. Let me remind you of a few that we've all experienced collectively, just in case you forgot. COVID-19. Interruption. 
political divide, interruption. Racial divide, interruption. Financial crisis, interruption. These ghetto gas prices and flight delays, interruption. Let me just tell you, my flight was delayed five times yesterday and canceled once, and I made it. Interruption, okay? I will say that we've all experienced some level of interruption. And I know collectively over the last few years, we've experienced interruptions that have made us all experience anxiety, a little bit of fear, right? Pressure that was unknown to us. These things that we've experienced, some of you experience things in your own home that maybe nobody knows about, interruptions. Just because we don't know doesn't mean they're not an interruption. When we experience these interruptions, sometimes it makes us believe that we're disqualified from purpose or the plans that God has for our life, right? Anybody ever experienced that before? Interruptions can be a distraction or can be defining faith moments. They can be the very thing that keeps you from the call of God on your life or can be the thing that God's used to produce greater faith in you if you allow it to. We're going to talk a little bit today about how I know that to be true. I grew up in a very broken, dysfunctional home. From the ages of five until I was 15, I was sexually abused at the hands of more people than I can count. However, there was this amazing church. We called it the golf ball church in our neighborhood. It was literally right across the street from my community. And all the kids knew it to be the golf ball church. We didn't go to the golf ball church, but we saw the golf ball church. And these pastors, I, I lived in the ghetto. So I lived in a community. It's a ton of kids, gang violence on this side and regular life on this side. But nothing seemed regular because it was drugs and poverty all around me. But that was my regular. That's what I knew to be true. The church would come every Saturday with these bright yellow shirts on in the middle of the ghetto, walk down the street, and they would pick up trash out of our yard. They didn't say much. They just came to pick up trash. So as kids, we're like, okay, they're coming. It's Saturday. They're going to pick up trash. Now, you have kids. They just throw stuff back down. How many parents in the house, you clean the house, and five minutes later, like your kids trash it again? That was us. So there was plenty for the pastors to come and pick up. This one particular day, I, I met the pastor. For some reason, I went up and talked to him. Mind you, nothing had changed in my home. I'm still living in the same type of tragic and trauma that I was living through. But this pastor communicated with me. He said, hey, I want to invite you to this after-school program. I grabbed the flyer. I went to the after-school program. And in the hallway of the church, I gave my life to Jesus at 10 years old. That didn't mean that I didn't experience interruptions. That didn't mean the things at my home just automatically stopped. I had hope now. I had something to lean into. Church became a safe haven for me. Let me just tell you, there's probably many little Britneys living outside of Radiant Church. Maybe that live next door to you in your community. And you're the very hope that they need. Maybe it's as simple as inviting them over. As simple as you inviting them to the sidewalk Sunday school. VBS, whatever they call it these days. They invited me to church, and I gave my life to Jesus. I still had stuff going on at home. I still had trauma going on at home, but I now have faith. Here's the thing that I know, that the enemy thought that the interruption in my life was going to be my demise, but God said purpose. Hey, listen, I'm standing literally on this stage as a result of an interruption. I know that sometimes it seems like, hey, no, interruptions, they're going to knock us out. They're going to take us out. But God said, no. 
This is what I do know. Where interruptions counted me out, purpose tagged me in. Where interruptions said, hey, no, no, I'm going to count you out, purpose tagged me in. Some of you are in this room and you're struggling today. Tag, you're in. The purpose of God is tagging you in today. You walked in this room with heaviness on your back. Tag, you're in. Some of you need that reminder because you've been kicked down. You've had some moments in your life where you thought you weren't going to make it. I remember what those days looked like being a 10-year-old girl trying to figure out how I'm going to make it out of the hood. 12, 13, going to church, being faithful to the Lord, being faithful to what I thought God was calling me to at that young age, but knowing that I was safe because purpose was tagging me in. And so all of the tragedy of my life, all of the trauma of my life was knocking me out. But I knew the purpose of God was saying, tag, you're in. I'm here today because purpose tagged me in. You know, we read the story of this woman with the issue of blood found in Mark 5. And I love it so much because it was preceded by an interruption. She was on her way. She saw this crowd, right? But before that, Jesus was actually on his way to heal Jairus' daughter. This lady comes out of nowhere. And she meets Jesus. She interrupted the scene so that she could meet Jesus. That was the first interruption, but really she had several interruptions in her own life. This issue that she struggled with for 12 years. Can you imagine suffering with the same thing over and over again, using every single thing that you had? This woman used her resources. She used her time. She tried to reach every single thing she could to get the help she needed. And then she knew Jesus was coming into town. I love how Knowing that hope is on the way gives you enough faith to say, I'm going to figure out how to get access to hope. That golf ball church didn't know what's going to hit them, but purpose tagged me in. And I knew that hope was there because somebody invited me in and introduced me to Jesus. I didn't, wasn't discipled at 10 years old. I didn't know much about Jesus at 10 years old. All I knew that that hope was on the way. So this woman with this issue of blood, she was desperate. You have to be pretty desperate. To enter in this crowd. Now imagine what her life was looking like for this woman. She was considered unclean at the time. She had this issue. So she's home. She's isolated, right? Can you think about the mental wars that this woman must have been struggling with? To be isolated. To be shamed with her own issues. Imagine the disappointment of going to doctors and nobody being able to help you. Using every resource you thought you needed to use to get help and nobody can help you. I can only imagine if some of you may be in this room and you've been diagnosed. Maybe you've walked through a season of trauma. Maybe you've walked through a season where it's been really, really tough and you've done everything you felt like was necessary to do and you still don't feel like you're at the place you want to be at. You don't feel healed. You know, I have a friend right now who is walking through stage four metastatic breast cancer. She's in hospice care right now. I can't look at my friend and say, do more. Healing sometimes looks like heaven. Healing sometimes looks like walking through a pace, walking through a life. You know, for me, I've dealt with so much trauma in my life, I could have thrown in the towel and said, no, Jesus isn't for me. He could have done this. He could have done that. He could have taken me out. He could have removed me. Or use it as a way to access the purpose of God in my own life. Some of you need that reminder today. Like this woman, doing everything you can until you say, you know what? I know Jesus is coming. If I can just get a little close. I ain't got to touch him. Look, I don't got to be with the crowds. Let me just get a little close. 
Let me get close enough to him so, because I touched the hem of his garment. I know I'm going to be made well. Her faith produced that in her. Her faith produced the purpose of her healing inside of her. She fought against her past. She fought against her crowd. The crowd of men, I'm sure, that was crowding around Jesus trying to get the same level of access. She fought against her feelings. She fought against the stigma that was around her. She fought against her doubt, and she did it anyway. Interruptions are not a distraction for God. It's actually how you get access. Jesus meets you at the place of your interruption. Some of you need to know that Jesus is going to meet you right in the place. Don't give up. I know you want to give up some days. I know it's tiring. I know it's exhausting. I know it's hard. But don't give up because Jesus meets you at the place of your interruption. This is how I know. This is what I know. Something happens at an interruption. And it's not just because I've experienced the level of trauma as a child because I'm still walking through it today. You know, sometimes, you know, I used to think growing up that I could only get a mic in my hand if I was completely free. That people will only listen to me if I was completely healed. Until you recognize that healing is not like this. It's like this. <laughs> Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You're like, I'm still doing it, sis. Like, yeah, we're in it. I've had to learn for myself what happens at an interruption. And what happens at an interruption doesn't always look like what your neighbor's situation looks like. It doesn't always look like everything is perfect and then purpose happens. It looks like you're walking in purpose in the middle of the interruption. It looks like you're giving God access to your heart in the middle of the interruption. The first thing I know, the first point I want to make today is that interruptions lead towards greater purpose. Interruptions leads towards greater purpose. Anybody in the room ever interrupted a kid watching a show? <laughs> you know, I have two girls, and in the middle of the pandemic, we used to watch Gator Boys. I know y'all judging me, because y'all have gators just walking around like friends. <laughs> we watch Gator Boys like every day. I don't know what the obsession was, but we watch Gator Boys a lot. And then my girls got on this like, hey, Jesse kick. Okay, y'all know the pandemic. We were all bored. We're trying to figure out when we're going to get out of the house. And so they start watching Hey, Jesse all the time. And I know my girls like Hey, Jesse because they watched every episode and then did it again. So this was the whole thing, right? They love Hey, Jesse. But I know that my girls love Sky Zone even more than they love Hey, Jesse. So me, as the cool mom, you know, at least I thought I was, I walk in the house one day. I grab the remote control. Y'all already know where this is going. I grab the remote control and I just turn off the TV. Okay, that's like a curse word to kids. They look back like they pay bills, like, sis, what are you doing? <laughs> they looked at me like, well, why did you cut our show off? In my mind, I know I have the greatest surprise for my kids. But they were about to fumble it because they love Hey Jesse so much. And I had Sky Zone on the way, but my kids thought that, oh, you paused our show. We want to watch, they're about to argue with me because they want to watch Hey Jesse. But Sky Zone was literally on the way. How many of you know that in the room, we're sometimes hanging on to things that feel comfortable, but Jesus is trying to give us Sky Zone moments, but we're holding on tight. We need to know that there's Sky Zone moments coming. Now, when I told my kids that Sky Zone was on the way, they were like, great, throwing everything, and they're ready to go. Because I'm their mom, and I know them, and I love them, and I only want good things for them. I have good gifts. I've never given my kids a bad gift, ever. Ever, maybe. <laughs> Sky Zone moments. 
And I know sometimes because I've dealt with trauma in my life that we hold on to things because it's safe and it's comfortable. If you've experienced anything in life, if you experience a human, okay, every person in this room know what it's like to be hurt. And so sometimes we hang on to it because it's safe. We're scared to go on to the next thing because of safety, because of comfort. And Jesus is saying, hey, that's an interruption. I have something even better for you on the other side. There's a sky zone moment on the other side if you would just let go. I had to learn that for myself, that the things that I experienced in my past, moving away from my family was a sky zone moment. Because even though my community was safe, for me, it wasn't safe environment, but it was what I knew. It was what's comfortable to me. Moving away from that gave me greater purpose. It let me walk into a season that looked much different than what I experienced before. You know what it's like to experience something that is incredibly painful. And people are like, well, why are you staying? You don't have to stay. But we stay because it feels safe. That's all we know. We're afraid to get out of it. That's how we're wired sometimes. And then God is saying, hey, I have a sky zone moment waiting for you. If you would just let go. Y'all going to remember that. Hey, Jesse, sky zone. There's sky zone moments waiting. And I know that for myself personally, I had to tap into what does that look like to have greater purpose? What does it look like to have greater purpose for me? Somebody that grew up in such dysfunction. What it looked like for me was stepping out so that my family could see a very different life. My mom is now living for Jesus. My sisters are now going to church. When we step out from what's comfortable and safe, other people get a glimpse of who your God is. I'm telling you not just from somebody else's perspective. I'm telling you the truth of what I really have walked through. When I removed myself from what was safe and comfortable, the people in my life got to see up close and personal of who Jesus really is. In fact, my brother, who is much older than me, looked at me and said, man, you've been going hard for God since you were a little kid. Yeah, I want you to keep seeing that. This ain't fake. This ain't phony. This is nothing for show. This is a reality of who I serve, and I serve a very good God so that one day you'll give your life to Jesus and know how good it is. That's greater purpose. Sky zone moments. It doesn't mean it's full of thrills. There's going to be some highs and lows in that. But I do know that there are moments. I stood at the door sill of my room at 12 years old and prayed for the salvation of my mother every single day. 20 years later, she gave her life to Jesus. That's a sky zone moment, folks. There's people outside of this door that you've been praying for, family members that you've been praying for. Keep pressing in. That's greater purpose. That's a sky zone moment. Come on, how many of you know that the family members that you're praying for, don't give up, don't quit. That's a sky zone moment coming if you just remain faithful. But you got to let go of some things in order to get access to that. That's a sky zone moment. The second thing that I want to share, the second point today, interruptions leads towards freedom. Interruptions lead towards freedom. You know, my husband and I planted our church September 2017. It was an amazing experience. We were super excited. We did all the training leading up to it, all the things we were supposed to do. Several years before we launched our church, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. That same reaction y'all just had is the one I had. It shocked me. It didn't shock me because of what I felt with it, because I knew what I was experiencing, the label, the stigma. I'm a pastor. How will people listen to me? I've only heard about bipolar disorder on 
Law and Order SVU. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You saw that episode. Diagnosed with bipolar disorder. I remember the day sitting in that doctor's office. This is after a long time of going through a process of trying to figure out my highs and lows. What did that look like? I, I remember specifically one time staying up for four days straight prior to me being diagnosed. Four days straight, I'm cleaning everything, doing all the laundry, washing everything, every wall in the house. I felt like I had energy radiating from my body that I could not slow down. I felt like I was quickly on speed, everything. And then what goes up? Comes down. And I spent a month in heavy depression. And that was not abnormal, but I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to think about this. No one in my circles was talking about mental illness, especially not in this capacity as a pastor. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? And I knew that God had called us to plant a church. So how, how am I supposed to do that? God, if you don't want to use me, it's fine. My res response to that already was to disqualify myself. I had already disqualified myself from the purpose of God because, man, I experienced so much trauma, and now I, how do I tell my church this? This is what I know. Vulnerability led to my freedom. And I'm not saying that everybody has to get on stages like this and share fully how I'm sharing. I'm sharing as your friend and as your sister so that you know it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Amen. The interruption of mental illness led to freedom. Not because I was saying it out loud specifically, but because now I'm gaining access to the people that God had called in therapy, psychiatrists, medication, whatever the necessary tools that I needed to do for myself, I was going to utilize so that I can be made well. And much like this woman with the issue of blood, I'm doing everything I need to do. And that doesn't mean that I don't believe that God can heal me because you may be hearing from me a couple years from now that God will completely heal me. But until that happens, I am going to participate in the healing I want to see for my life. And that means I'm tapping into resources. The interruption of mental illness led to freedom. I live with the stigmas. I knew what people thought. I knew what it felt like to be looked at. I was so afraid to tell our church. I remember launching our church. We were excited. And then four months later, my husband's like, I want you to preach. I'm like, bro, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> and I told him the only way that I could do that is if I could just be honest with my journey because you really just don't know from day to day what it's going to be like. And I remember standing on the stage in December of 2017 and letting our brand new baby church know that I had bipolar disorder. And what we were met with was not discuss. it was a sigh of relief for people. Because many people sit just like this, and they look at us like this, and not recognizing that we're humans too. I wanna let you know today, if you are struggling, whoever you are, it's okay. But then do what you need to do to get the help you need. Don't be afraid of it, tap into it. So what I wanted to do for our church, what led to my freedom is sharing and being vulnerable, but also letting them see what it looks like to go through the process of healing and help. I wanted to get help for myself. I don't want you to just see me talking about it, but I want you to watch me go to therapy. I want you to hear me talking about therapy. I'm going to invite my therapist to come do a session. I'm going to tell you where to get the number and access. Anybody come to me for counseling? Hey, let me give you my personal therapist number. Let me just tell you, sometimes the interruption of life can swallow us up in shame. 
it can swallow us up because we're afraid of what other people will think. But if you just take hold of it and say, you know what, God, I know you have purpose in the middle of this interruption. I'm going to release it to you, and then I'm going to open up my mouth and accept freedom. I had to claim freedom before I saw it. I had to claim victory over my life before I saw victory. Sometimes we have to do that. Sometimes we have to worship our way through the victory. Sometimes we got to stand up and say, I'm no longer going to take this. I'm not going to accept this. I had to claim it for myself out of my mouth before I saw it because that's what I believe God to be. I wanted freedom. But freedom started with me opening up my mouth. Freedom started with me not allowing the stigmas of the world and the stigmas of our culture to shape what I thought about myself. So when I stood up and I said it, it was not only a release for our church, but it was a release for me. I'm free because I get to just be who I am. You can accept it or talk to Jesus. <laughs> Interruptions leads towards freedom. It leads towards a greater purpose. God wants to do something with the very things that have caused you so much brokenness and hurt. Maybe you know family members that have been struggling and you're trying to figure out like, what do they need? You need to remind them that it's okay. But it's okay for them to get help too. And freedom relies when people are able to say, hey, this is what's going on. When you give them space to be vulnerable and open. The last point that I want to make today is interruptions leads towards healing. You know, this woman in the story, she interrupted the scene with her own interruptions in her own heart and in her own life, right? So she had all this stuff going on. And her one goal and her one aim was to be healed. And her faith produced the healing that she wanted to see. And the interesting thing I love about this woman is that she didn't try to just break way through the crowd and kick everybody to get out of the way. She said, if I can't get it up here, I'm going to get down here. Because if I can't get you, I'm going to try to get you however I can by any means necessary. She got low just to touch the hem of his garment. February 4th, 2019, I walked into this stranger's office. I walked into this lady's office and I sat down on her couch and she looked at me and she said, Brittany, you have an eating disorder. Now I just told you about the trauma of my childhood. And then I had to stand in front of our brand new church and tell them that I had bipolar disorder. And here I am two years later, what am I going to do? The shame of an eating disorder consumed me because this was not something that I could hide. I couldn't just, you know, fake it till I make it. I couldn't just come to church and somebody say, how you doing? You guys know what we say. We're good. I couldn't just do that. You can look at me and tell that I was not well. So in 2019, I go in, and I'm like, okay, here we are again. Here we are. I could either crumble under shame, which I wanted to, and it swallowed me a little bit, or I'm not okay, and I need to get the access of help. So what do I need to do? So they gave me a plan. They gave me the full game plan. I get the plan, the meal plan. I'm like, okay, cool. I could do this. Just tell me what to eat. It's not that simple. If you know anything about trauma, sometimes it is full of this, right? So I experienced this level of trauma, and now I'm struggling with this eating disorder because when you don't deal 
with all of the stuff, whatever you're filled with will spill. And so I'm aching on the inside because I'm thinking that I'm dealing with it and it's spilling all over the place in other ways. And so I'm walking through this. I'm doing the process that they tell me to do. And it wasn't working. And what I realized is that I'm trying to do it in my own strength and not access the hem of his garment. You know, I thought I was, because I'm a faith-filled person, go to church. I do all the things, lift my hands in worship. I shout, I do everything. But because I'm a faithful person doesn't mean I'm a person filled with faith that accesses the hem of his garment like I need to. And so I didn't tap into that initially. And then they come back to me a month later and they say, Brittany, you need to go to treatment. And so for a month, I left my family. I left my children. I left my husband and my church. And I went to get help for an eating disorder at a facility. And I was embarrassed and I was aching, but I knew I needed help. And I also knew that if I tried to do it in my own strength and I didn't trust God's process, I would not be standing here today telling you this story. Church, I'm telling you from somebody that has walked this journey really, really hard that you can do hard things. And maybe you've walked through life and you've tried to just do it your own way. It may not be mental illness that you're walking through. It may not be that you're dealing with some of the trauma things that I've dealt with. Maybe it's something totally different. But if you are trying to do it your own way, if you are trying to do it in your own strength, what you are filled with will eventually spill. And it doesn't necessarily spill the way you think it's going to. Sometimes it comes out in ways you, don't, you can't pull it back together. The interruptions in your life can lead to the healing that you want to see. This woman chose to participate with God in the miracle that she wanted to see. She chose to participate with God and not be an innocent bystander. I could have said, you know what? I'm going to crumble under the pressure of pastoring a church. I'm going to perform for people. I can get on stages and grab a mic, sing songs, jump up and down and get off stages and be the very same person I was before I got up there. Or I can access the real power and healing and purpose of God and freedom that I'm telling you about. Listen, I'm not just somebody talking about it. I know that the purpose of God is for me and it's for you too. I know a lot of people have a hard time talking real and just being honest. I'm being honest with you today that the same Jesus that you need is the same Jesus that I need. The same access of Jesus that you need is the same access of Jesus that I need. I just shared my whole life. You could do whatever you want to do with that story. But I will tell you this. There's purpose in Jesus. There's freedom in Jesus. And you have access to the healing power of Jesus. We're going to take the next few moments and we're just going to worship Jesus. Because some of you need the access of healing in the name of Jesus. If you walked in the room and you need God to heal you today, come on, let's lift up our hands worship his name today hallelujah we worship you Jesus we worship you Jesus you never lost a battle never lost a battle never lost a battle never lost a battle you never never lost a battle never lost a battle never lost a battle never lost a battle Never lost a battle. You never will. Come you on, let's sing it outside. You never lost 
wanted to end with that song because sometimes you need to remind your soul that your God will never fail you. So when life has failed you, when interruptions have failed you, your God will never fail you. He's never lost a battle. Check his track record. He's never lost a battle. He's never lost a battle. 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 such a good word, but hey, we're going to stay in this moment because there's a group in the room that I want to address today. And though that is the people that don't have a relationship with God, can I tell you the same God that saved Brittany at 10 years old is the same God that wants to save you, the same God that sent his son to die on the cross for you. So if everyone could bow your heads and close your eyes, I want to give an opportunity today for those people to go all in with Jesus. Can I tell you that the God of the universe loves you so much and has a plan for you. No matter how many interruptions you've experienced, he still wants to meet you, to propel you to his destiny. We've all fallen short with sin and so many mistakes, but God in his love and mercy sent a solution for our sin and his name was Jesus. He died on the cross for your sin and for mine. All we have to do is say yes to him and he wants to give us a new life through Christ Jesus. And that's available for you today. So if that is you and you want to surrender your life to Jesus, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand on the count of three. It's a personal decision, but I wanna pray with you and I wanna know you so I can lift you up in prayer today. If that's you, you're gonna raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Come on, I see those hands right back in the back. I see those hands. Would you repeat this prayer out with me? Let's all say it together with our brothers and sisters. Say it with me. Dear Jesus, we thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. We choose to live for you today. Thank you for forgiving our past, our present, and our future. We choose to live for you today and forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Can we give it up for those that made that decision for Jesus today? Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.